CEE Central Europe Explained An IDM podcast series powered by Erste Group Episode 18 The EU a moving system challenges at the borders with Goran Svilanovic Hello everybody and welcome back to CEE Central Europe Explained my name is Emma Ontoberry. I am a podcast producer for the Institute for the Danube Region and Central Europe in Vienna. Last week's podcast episode discussed the role of the US in the region and finished with the expectations of Biden's politics toward the Western Balkans. Following up, we will today focus on the challenges at the borders of the EU, putting light on the cooperation in the Western Balkans. For this, I am here with Goran Svilanovic, among others, member of the International Council of IDM, former Secretary General of the Regional Cooperation Council, and former Minister of Foreign Affairs of Serbia and Montenegro. Hello, Goran, and thank you for joining us today. Hello to you, Emma. Thank you very much for the opportunity so we can discuss. So, Goran, first, looking at the map of Europe, the Western Balkans countries appears as a non-EU enclave, surrounded by member states between Greece and the rest of the EU, but outside the Schengen area. The Western Balkans six countries try to implement regionally owned and led cooperation together with the EU in order to pursue greater integration on the European, but also global scene. Goran, as you are former Secretary General of the Regional Cooperation Council, which has been coordinating the multi-annual action plan, I would like to ask you, according to you, what is the importance of such economical and political cooperation within the region? We came up with this idea of the multi-annual action plan on regional economic area as a result of the financial economic crisis, which hit hard all of us, the whole Europe, almost the whole of the world uh, since 2008. And we have witnessed the efforts of our economies in the Western Balkans trying to recuperate, to recover, uh, following also the ideas coming from the EU and joining the efforts of the other EU countries. So we came up with the idea that there is a growth in trade between us from the region and the EU as our key partner. But that there is unused opportunity when it comes to trade among ourselves. So within this group of West Balkan six economies. And this was an effort actually created by, I need to say, young women, great experts from the Balkans. So this is an indigenous idea coming from youth who was gathering then in the Regional Cooperation Council. I will give you several names. Maya Hendris, Katrina Filova from North Macedonia, Maya Pino from North Macedonia, Travera Kastrati from Albania, Dragana Djurica from Serbia. So I'm just giving you a few names to understand <laughs> somehow all women who came up how to move further something we've already developed years back in the regional cooperation council which was called southeast uh, europe 2020 agenda so this was uh, linking our development agenda to the eu agendas and now as a result 
of the crisis, he wanted to deepen this cooperation in the region to provide for an opportunity to in increase the trade among the countries. And we came up with this uh, multi-annual action plan on regional economic area, which actually was offering four pillars, four groups of issues to be elements of this new free trade area and going beyond the trade actually in the region among the Western Balkans economies. The key was the trade. So it was all around the CEFTA, the existing free trade agreement. But what we have seen was missing there. Uh, CEFTA was uh, an agreement on trading goods. We have realized what we are missing is agreement on trade in services. And this was the additional element which came up as a result of the efforts done then by the regional economic, uh, regional cooperation council. So there have been three additional protocols added to the existing free trade treaty. One was to agree on the free trading services, and that was the key. Another one was very important because it was to agree on uh, well conflict resolution mechanism, because there have been issues which we did not have an instrument to deal with. And this was also very important. But then the third one, very important, uh, an agreement of removing uh, barriers, uh, non-tariff barriers among ourselves. So these were the three elements which we have agreed would constitute the, the key pillar regarding improvement in trade among ourselves. But then we've added from the Regional Cooperation Council additional pillars. One was very important. It was about digitalization. And we started under this pillar with the idea of why not replicating what we have seen in the EU? And this is uh, roaming free among the EU members. We have said, okay, with the full support of European Commission, I would like to say, and then Commissioner for Digitalization and her team, who really assisted us in this effort, let's create a free uh, roaming free area in the Balkans as a step number one. And then in parallel, let's start a discussion with European Union in order to get into the free trade, a uh, free roaming area with the EU. And by the way, we this first step we have achieved. So as we speak, uh, roaming is not yet free between the six economies, but will be in a few months from now in July, because we have achieved an agreement among the leaders to downside gradually to the level zero, and we will have this level zero in July this year, 2021. And then now we are hopeful that in parallel, we will continue downsizing between us and the EU. This was the key element of this pillar regarding the, the digitalization, but then many other ideas came up. And this was the second pillar. The third pillar was competitiveness and the competitiveness was very much about investment. We have managed to bring the leaders around the idea of harmonizing the investment related policy. This is called the RIRA regional investment uh, reform agenda. And they like this idea and they have agreed to harmonize. I'll give you an example. What does it mean? A big company like IKEA coming into Sarajevo. They see one country as too small, individual countries, and they would like to assess, assess the region. Therefore, they would hope to be able to organize the system region-wide, but for that, they would need to have, if not the very same, than the very similar investment-related policies. And we have reached this agreement. This is how we started. And then the fourth element 
was regarding the mobility in the region, the human mobility, human capital. And there we have agreed to go for two agreements. One was to recognize diplomas among ourselves in order to provide for experts. And another element was regarding the qualifications, following fully the instruments of the EU to be implemented when it comes to qualifications among ourselves. Technically, you know what does it mean? If you are a medical doctor, dentist, and you have your office in Tirana, this would provide you an opportunity to also, if you are successful and good, to open an office in Belgrade or to open another one in Skopje. This is the idea of harmonizing when it comes to recognizing qualifications, licenses given by the authorities using the instruments of the EU. This is not an easy effort. We have convinced the leaders in 2017 in Trieste uh, Trieste Summit of the Berlin uh, process, and they have signed up with this uh, regional economic area multi-annual action plan. But look, since then, uh, many efforts have been invested by the Regional Cooperation Council and my successor and the team there uh, with the full support of the European Union, particularly European Commission. And then they move steps further. I mean, I left at the end of 2018. I introduced this to the EU, EU Western Balkans Summit, all of these elements, and got the full support and agreement of both the leaders from the Balkans and the leaders from the EU. But since then, the Regional Cooperation Council has produced something new they moved further into what is called Common Regional Market 21-24. And they have achieved most recently in November 2020, again in the summit, the U.S. Balkan Summit. First, the leader from the region, they have agreed on several points, which is a kind of a declaration. They have agreed to go to extend green corridors and green lane to all countries in the Western Balkans, including to the neighbors from the EU, immediate neighbors. This was very important in the COVID time to provide for smooth transition of goods, equipment, including the health equipment, in the time when many countries were blocking their borders. And another element was also important and agreed in the summit to expand the network of mutual recognition program that I have mentioned. Then the third one to implement freedom of movement for students, researchers, and professors, and for individuals based on their IDs. So they are now working on this general political agreement to go for free travel using IDs, frankly, only yesterday I was in Tirana using only my Serbian ID and I was very happy. This was not possible only some months back. So th- there are these improvements, there are things which are already working as a result of this political commitment achieved. Then uh, another element that they have agreed on was to attract investment, uh, which leads, attract investments which would lead into promising sustainable regional value chains. And this is also another effort to combat the, this catastrophic uh, influence of pandemics, then to reduce the cost of regional payment and prepare for joining the single euro payment area. This would be a leap frog if uh, we uh, finally implement this, but the political agreement is there. Then to support the regional innovation ecosystem and to include it into European supply chain to encourage the region's digital transformation. And then another element is to provide fixed broadband internet access for at least 95% of households in each economy in the region and to establish a free roaming 
and reduce roaming charges. This, what I've explained, is almost completed. So this was a political declaration, but this political declaration came as a result of the huge work in the Regional Cooperation Council on this common regional market, 21-24, which went further from where I left it as a regional economic area and is really forming a kind of a free trade area. Again, and this is what is the novice. There is an agreement on trade to go for the full implementation of these protocols around CEFTA that I have explained, including uh, conflict resolution and dispute uh, settlement rules to have in place. So what I'm telling you, and actually just in a nutshell, because it's a document like pages and pages, uh, there is a need to work now with all governments in order to implement this political agreement. There is a path developed by the Regional Cooperation Council where it takes an effort, and I hope they will be supported by the European Commission as they've been so far, and I was grateful and I'm grateful still, because this is a huge investment also on behalf of the EU into really facilitating communication between the government institutions in the region so they implement technically on the ground these big political ideas that I was explaining. Thank you so much, Goran. You've been to so many points. I wanted to talk with you already. This is so great. And also it brought me to another point. We are talking about success story, about initiatives. I wanted to ask you about the mini Schengen initiatives because this is looked at something quite controversial sometimes. And it's on one hand a success story, but it could be seen on the other hand as a failure to get all the countries of the region on board and also as a sort of substitute to the lack of EU commitment. So what would be your, your response to those critics and your evaluation of the mini Schengen initiative? All I've said so far is agreed by all six economies and their peers in the EU, EU member states and European Commission. And actually, in the meantime, after we have launched this regional economic area and the agreement reached and we've started implementing it, there was a, a strong push from some from the region to go further, deeper and faster. So I'm very sorry for misunderstandings regarding the mini Schengen. But Mini Schengen is not against this idea. It is actually a request to go quicker and to go deeper into integration. Actually very supportive for what is known as a Mini Schengen. But look, you will have a difficulty to find a kind of a, a, an article and say, this is Mini Schengen. The way I just did on regional economic area, all on common regional market. Because these are the documents produced by Regional Cooperation Council and agreed by all leaders, and you can read them. They're all around. But Mini Schengen, uh, there was a lot of talk, and there have been several very good initiatives that I support. But I think there was a miscommunication and therefore a limited success when it comes to having all on board. Now we have three on board. We have North Macedonia, we have Albania, and we have Serbia. And it was really strongly supported by uh, Serbian government. And, and I appreciate the fact. But unfortunately, due to this fact, perhaps also, it was understood by some as an idea which is coming only by one country or by one leader or one group 
of, and therefore uh, the others somehow were not left aside. Actually, there was always an open invitation for everyone to join, but they were kind of cautious. Although what was on the table, so to say, was very practical and I fully support. One of the ideas in among these countries uh, was to go for integrating residence permit with a labor permit. And by the way, this is something you have it in the EU. It's no difference. So the idea was, okay, guys, if you're going to agree on the common regional market, why not in one document allowing you to stay in Belgrade, we also allow you to do business in Belgrade. So that was something which I would always support. It was a good idea. The second, uh, now is a, a, an effort to react to the pandemic. Uh, the three have agreed that if I, as a citizen of Serbia, who was yesterday visiting Albania, end up being ill of COVID, affected by COVID-19, that all costs for my treatment, staying in hospital, will be covered. So it is only an, a positive effort to secure the safety of their citizens. And the three have agreed. So what I'm telling you, there is nothing bad in the mini Schengen, but uh, the only thing uh, which is lacking is the one you have mentioned. This is that not all six are around, although there is full and strong support coming both by Brussels, meaning European Union, European Commission and, and capitals, but also from DC, from Washington. So both are strongly supporting what is now commonly known mini Schengen. Interestingly, actually, I think uh, they are well aware, both Brussels and Washington, on commercial market. And when they say mini Schengen, they actually mean commercial market that I have explained, plus these additional great ideas coming through this mini Schengen. So I only hope that there will be better communication of ideas coming through the mini Schengen, which will open up for the others to join. And actually think it should be the task of the Regional Cooperation Council to make sure that all of these initiatives are integrated into the common regional market as the carrier, the vehicle of the common regional market uh, is the Regional Cooperation Council, supported by a few other organizations, financially supported by the EU, and these are CEFTA, Transport Community, Energy Community Secretariat. So all of these organizations are looking into one goal, and this is to support as a kind of a vehicle transmission of European values European regulations into the Western Balkans area, which is not as yet part of the EU. But this will be only a process bringing all of us closer to implementing European regulations. And this should support the individual uh, accession process for each and every country. Thank you so much. And also, it reminds me something. The last day I heard an interesting metaphor which said that maybe we should stop looking at the Western Balkans as a non-EU enclave, because you just said it again, those countries are not part of the EU yet. And the metaphor was saying that we should rather look at it like the courtyard of the EU, which we have to take care of, as it is somehow the best part of the house. To finish with, <laughs> what would you say to this metaphor? I wish you were right saying the best part of the house. <laughs> I would hope for that. I'm not yet sure that we are there. What I would hope for is the following, an understanding that what was a political consideration behind offering regional economic area to the Western Balkans, behind offering common regional market to the Western Balkans. 
is the following. The accession process is continuing for individual economies from the Western Balkans, but there are many issues, domestic front, reform-related issues. There are also some issues within the EU as a result of difficulties posed by financial economic crisis 2008, that I was referring at, then migration crisis, then Brexit, and now pandemics. So all of these made the leaders of the EU also busy with reorganizing, reforming their own house, their own home Europe. So I, I thought it would be good not to waste time, but to go for organizing kind of a free trade area of the, with the Western Balkans, following the example of uh, EFTA, which is existing, and then to make sure that uh, when the time is better for the accession, we are ready. So to organize this free trade area by using completely the EU regulation, therefore preparing and assisting the internal reform processes in all of these economies. So I might use another phrase like anti-chamber. This would be on mother tongue, I would say. So the whole idea is while you are coming closer to ending up into the EU, perhaps in this antechamber, you will already be fully integrated into the EU when it comes to trade and economic cooperation. With efforts added into rule of law, which is hugely important, democratization and other areas, you are getting closer to really becoming a member. But look, this might work vice versa. As we have witnessed Brexit, perhaps we may consider that if this happens again, that some of the member countries would like to move out of the EU, they may then immediately end up into this free trade area, accepting the, the all which is related to trade and economic development, and then staying into Antashamba, therefore not to repeat negotiations that we have seen between the UK and the EU not to lose time, but to simply move into this uh, group, so to say. Well, but this is to consider for future. But as we speak, West Balkans are getting closer and closer to the EU. Uh, free trade area, European free trade area, European economic area is what we aim to organize as soon as possible, as quick as possible based on the documents I've explained, common regional market, in order to help and assist each and every economy in the region to continue getting ready for the membership and to actually finalize this economic reform process and fully belong to EU when it comes to economy and trade in order then to put additional efforts to fully become part of meaning the EU member states when they complete other reforms, particularly I would insist on rule of law, democracy, etc. Baran, thank you so much for your expertise and very interesting insight. Time passed so quickly and we are sadly arriving to the end of our chat. But thank you so much for joining. It was a pleasure to discuss with you and I'm definitely looking forward to go deeper on this topic. Thank you very much. This was CEE, Central Europe Explained, the EU, a moving system, an IDM podcast series powered by Esther Group. We are looking forward to the next episode and see you soon. IDM Podcast.
Institut für den Donauraum und Mitteleuropa. Institute for the Danube Region and Central Europe. European Perspectives. Regional Actions. Cooperation and Expertise since 1953.